you guys uh i hope y'all missed me last week wait a minute uh, welcome back to us you're the one that was gone oh yeah i know right well welcome back to the audience the listeners <laughs> they were welcome here back too. to myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, no i we did miss you we did yes. miss you last well, week we, thank we you. finally got four guys yakking i love it yeah it's, it's man been a it's while. been a while since we've all been on yeah <laughs> Jeez. absolutely absolutely so yeah. we're excited to be back with you guys and excited to uh talk about another topic today or yak about yeah. another topic today <laughs> so uh mike or daniel one uh i hear there's some news out of israel some good news yeah so so good daniel you want to take it or you yeah you know i am um, we ended up having a really busy day yesterday i wasn't able to check any headlines and so it was it wasn't until today that I just saw the headlines that two two hostages were rescued um, on Sunday, and it was it was actually weeks in the in the works. Um, it was intelligence that was um, kind of pouring in over the over several weeks. It finally got greenlit um, after one final piece of intelligence, kind of last piece of the puzzle. So it was it was something that lasted about forty five minutes. It was uh, you know brutal just mm-hmm. firefights and all this kind of stuff. And the IDF, they're just so, they're so amazing. You know, they're throwing themselves mm-hmm. in front of these hostages yeah. as human shields yeah. um, to protect them and to get them out. And it was successful. Um, Amen, there's pictures out there. It was two, two men, um, one of them middle-aged, one of them maybe on a little bit of the older side, but it's kind of hard to tell at this point because they're so malnourished. Yeah. Um, they have not seen... The le- this is the first time they've seen the light of day for four months. Um, and now there's pictures of them back with their wives. And mm. it's just. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're that's amazing news. And I pray that there is more like that to come in the in the following days. Yeah, um, yeah, this this is um, this going to heat up now. Okay, we've got a lot of things going on. We want to do a little bit of an mm-hmm. Israel update uh, as we start. Uh, two hostages out of probably maybe uh, eighty that are still alive. We're not really sure, but uh, going down to Rafa, this mm-hmm. is in um, so-called violation of the so-called peace treaty with Egypt. Um, so that that takes everything to another level. Then you have the king of Jordan that's coming in and giving demands. And then you have a weak, the United States, that is giving demands. And my statement to all of the world leaders is, um, well, let me just say it in in, in Hebrew, Sheb Besheket, uh, which means sit on and shut up. Um, you know, I mean, people just need to mind their own business. Uh, this is This is a fight, okay? It's a fight. And, um, you know, King of Jordan, uh, don't talk to me about, well, the displaced, if you're not, if you're not willing to take any of them, uh, whoever you are in, in Egypt, don't talk to me if you're not willing to take it. Some of these people, okay. Yeah. They're, they're a bunch of hypocrites. That's, that's all there is to Mm -hmm. it. So, yep. 
we as soon as you have any kind of good news, right? As soon as you have any kind of good news uh, that hostages are rescued, there's always got to be something else drummed up. Uh, I just quickly just I remember looking up the headlines when I saw that, and then immediately the headlines were, "What do you what do you think the headlines possibly were? Uh, rescued hostages, and just in bold, these uh, what whatever the news was. I think there was uh, other people killed, and they claimed that they were innocent. I did not look into it enough, yeah. but it was always to direct against whatever Israel." did that they wanted they can find anything negative they always try to deflect look for something else and they said oh yeah. yeah there was a rescue of hostages but you know this and oh wow all this in bad israel bad israel mm -hmm. it's like oh, that's typical that's just so typical. and israel is very much prepared for this as far as you know they know they know the whole world's against them at this point you know they right. know that they can't do anything without all this stuff but thankfully they have remained steadfast and yep. I believe will continue to remain steadfast mm -hmm. and realize that no one's coming to their aid anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's them under the protection of God. And the more that they learn that, the better it will be for the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. And of course there was uh, the tragedy of two more soldiers that, uh, that were killed uh, in the midst of all this in Gaza and uh, grieve over the over the loss there. Um, I, I know numerous of these soldiers. I know their names, and um, I, I have to tell you, I wake up every morning, and one of the first things I do is I go to the Israeli news reports, and I I, I don't know if I really breathe uh, much until I get to the end of a list of you know if it says soldiers died, uh, I I quit breathing about that point in time. Because I not only know their their names, but I also know some of their moms and dads, and um, you know it's it's personal, it's personal. <laughs> and, and guys, I guess that's where we should go tonight. Is mm. shouldn't we take the fight personal? Because of their commitment, right? I think that I w I wanted to ask this. I. What do you think being in that room, Mike, when you were with those ideas, if you did not listen to our last week's episode, uh, Mike got to surprise, he was able to go to an IDF uh, social event where they were, um, they got to have some good food and were able to pass out awards and was able to be a, amongst them. What do you think the sense would have been if they would have said, hey guys, there's a chance we can save two hostages it's highly likely that we are going to probably lose two soldiers as well while doing this. We're going to try to take every precaution. I get the sense that they would gladly give up their life to try to get at least one back. Uh, if you would have been in that room and said uh, to the men and women there, um, we have a way to take to get one hostage out, but it's going to cost the lives of everyone in this room, um, I believe they would have jumped you would not right. have been able to hold them in the room long enough. Um, you know, we, we, we throw the verse around greater love is no man than he would lay down his life for his, his friends. And we, we relegate that to Yeshua and yes, that is his words. And that is, that is the teaching. And that's, I, I don't want to, to downplay anything about what he did for us, but uh, let's not, just relegate those words to him. Uh, are we willing to do the same thing in our own lives? Uh, and now let's face it, guys. Um, 
if you would have said for a hostage, no one would have stood up and said, well, well, which one is it? Could you give us a name, please? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to lay down our life for a person that we don't even know? You may want to, Daniel, you want to take that one? Jeez. Well, I, I, I don't, I, I certainly do not think that you're by any means out of line by taking those words of his and applying it more broadly because he set the example for us and everything and, and what we should do. Yeah. And so I do believe that when he said no greater love has he than he who lays his down, lays down his life for his friend. I believe that was also an instruction and a almost a, a metric by which to measure our love for our fellow man and for each other. Um, so he, he died for all of us knowing you know, it's almost worse knowing who you're dying for rather than not knowing who it is because you know all their faults and all the things that they're going to do wrong and continue to do wrong. Um, But he did it anyway. And, and so we should definitely look at that and, and say, you know, what, what, what greater um, level of love to strive for than Mm. that, you know, one that says that, you know, my father is the creator of all of these people. And if if he would send his son to die for them, then I should also be willing to die for them. Hmm. I guess that's where I'm, I was wanting to go there with you. Uh, like what you guys are bringing up is that we see this bravery, hero, uh, heroism, courageousness. Like we see all this coming from some uh, part of the world that, probably a lot of our listeners haven't gone to i think there's quite a few that have and thank you thank you for going and we hope that even more will go over that to that land that is just amazing i think that i look over there and that's happening right now over there and but let's come back here towards america why is that not and there was a question posed by you uh daniel about the idea of when there's a common enemy there's this rallying cry like it's a lot of people put down stuff and they just rush to it and then they join forces and are in unity. But then when it comes to when it's not for a common enemy, but maybe I think what what were the words you said, Daniel? You um was it rallying to a king? Isn't that what you said? Yeah, last week the words were is it easier to rally around a common enemy rather mm. than a common king? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because we we've been reading in the Torah portions about how much bickering happens when there's when the Egyptians are gone. They're 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 a bygone thing, right? Mm-hmm. They've left Egypt. It's a bygone thing, and everybody's in unity against the Egyptians. But once they've left Egypt, now it's like, well, now I'm I'm upset about this, and now I'm upset about that, and I don't know why they they don't do this. I mean, they probably was even worse bickering, but those were the big ones that we get to see in the in the Torah. It's so interesting how when you don't have a common enemy, it's like. Or is it? I wonder what what y'all's thoughts are on the idea of maybe when it's like a time of peace or whatever that we just like to well we're gonna bicker about something we're gonna we're gonna look into something we're just well I think it needs to be this way and it has to be this way 
because as soon as the enemy comes, like I think even when Amalek showed up, they, they kind of just put that away and go, well, well, we better go fight them. Um, so I guess I look at that. It's just, it's just interesting how we won't rally unless there's an enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. I think sometimes that's why God tests us by putting uh, putting enemies in our midst to see how we will behave toward each other uh, in response to that threat. Um, it's interesting, you know, you were, this reminds me of just like what happened in Israel when, you know, the planes hit the towers on 9-11. There was a certain feeling in the air in America where, you know, everybody was unified. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody was a patriot. Everybody was, uh, they had national pride. Um, I think you, maybe it was you or somebody else I heard say, you know, I I wish we could have another 9-12. You know, so that we could be unified again. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, there is something to be said of being united beforehand with the common goals, with a common purpose. Um, that love, you know, the love of the Father should transcend uh, even in our congregations. <laughs> you know, we ha- we all have those people that we might disagree with, but. Uh, Anyway, so let, let me throw a little little curveball into the, all of this this thing mm-hmm. here. Um, one of the things about the fall is that we were given an ability to fight for something. Okay, and maybe this maybe this explains a little bit about what happened in the garden. That in the garden everything was perfect. Okay, I mean you know there there's no. <laughs> There's no, you don't have to fight for your garden because there's no weeds. Uh, You don't have to fight for the row, you know, fight through the thorns for the rose because there's no thorns on it. Uh, There's something innate in the human, in our human psyche that wants to have something to fight for. I've said this in many different places. The most difficult place that I have ever been to uh speaking when you start to speak about spiritual warfare of any kind about praying about laying hold of something in prayer or something you know like that the 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 most difficult place i've ever taught that is new zealand now new zealand's an interesting place one of the most beautiful countries that there is in the world it's gorgeous but new zealand has something that's really interesting there's nothing on the two islands that can hurt you. Well, actually there is. There's a there's a spot there's a myth about a spider on some island beach that nobody's really seen the spider, but but if you get bit by that spider it can kill you. But there's no snakes. You can leave your windows open at night, there's no bugs. There's no mosquitoes. There's no flies. It's just I mean it's as close to utopia as possible upon this earth today and when you talk to people there and this is not judgmental about the people it's just the the psyche when you start talking to people about spiritual warfare and there's there's a battle going on around us and all this it's like uh i i I, what are you talking about so unless Mm. we have something to fight for we tend to as i as i said to you guys before we got on if we do not have something to fight for, 
we end up fighting with? Ted Congregation, you mentioned Ryan. If, if there's mm-hmm. if there's an if there's a common enemy that walks in the door, we all fight for it. We all fight for whatever that is. But if we don't have that, then we'll end up fighting with each other. Are you, so are you so po- it's, go for it, Daniel? Go for it. I was just gonna say it's so strange when you really think about it. Yeah. That you would think in a in a perfectly logical world that if times are good and you have a great, you know, just to go with this um this scenario we have, a great congregation and everything's going well and you've got a great praise team and the pastor is like really hitting it and you're getting in small groups with people and you're really getting close and, and intimate in that way. Um, you would think that it would be easier to stay unified because things are good rather than staying unified when things are bad, but it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. It's really not. It's, and it's just this complacency, this apathy, this very strange thing that when times are good, like you said, there's no, it's, it's, it's because we're humans and it's so easy to forget. We are incredibly uh, you know, have the memory of a goldfish um, as far as what we remember that God did for us a year ago, what he brought us out of. And it's it's way too easy to forget. And so it's just so strange to put it in those terms to really realize that it is easier to unify and come together when there's actually an enemy or something to point at and say that is trying to tear us apart. Easier to do that and unify around that even over when times are perfectly good and you can say Yeshua is on the throne, he's our king and all this kind of stuff. It's just so, I don't understand it. And I'm like thinking like, what's a good example of, of a time when people have stayed unified under anything? <laughs> um, the first thing that yeah. came to my mind actually was um, kind of the legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table those the stories of of the that um you know those legends all these knights were just the most noble men that the world had to offer and they would you know at the drop of a hat lay down their life for one another for their king for anything that would be an evil against the good that they were trying to uphold and it's just uh, uh, that's so it's an amazing thought but it just doesn't really happen Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, 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 those those uh, noble men were were in unity because there's a dragon outside wanting to wanting to uh, eat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I about to say like uh, like what your point was, uh, Dale, my what you guys brought up that I, like I was trying to think of something, and the only thing I could think of was uh, we kind of just going way back, but also looking at like Spartans were very unified because again they had a very common goal, but again they were everybody was almost beaten to that point i'm not a major historian at all but i remember just from those stories it was very hard to go against them because they were so unified they did a lot of questionable things of course but there was this identity in knowing who they were and then who the enemy was and i'm i'm looking at what you've said mike about if you look at congregations over here 
and they're fighting over the, the I mean, honestly, I think if you actually had an outsider come into their congregation, they'd be like, really? That's what we're fighting about? Like, mm-hmm. that's why we don't like so-and-so mm-hmm. is because of that? I think mm-hmm. if you really looked at it, it would be almost laughable uh, when it would be the in the grand scheme of something. So I guess that I guess that's the point that I'm, I'm thinking about in my with this conversation is lack of identity, I think, is a big part because uh, you look at any kind of army, there's an identity being a part of a unit, and that's where there's some unity there. And then there's a goal being reached to either whether it's an enemy or a mission to achieve. And last time I read, I think God left us with plenty of missions to try to achieve. (laughs) Is it a lack of going after those or trying to fulfill those missions? Is that what's causing some of this bickering, some of this stuff? This is something I'm thinking in my mind, maybe. Right. There's a line from uh, Napoleon where an ambassador asked him, uh, he goes, well, you French only fight for greed, while us British, we fight for honor. And Napoleon responded, well, every man fights for what he lacks. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Um, I was reading in Judges recently, and Whoa. it's the first couple chapters are are very interesting. There was some stuff that I saw in there that I just do not remember. Um, mm-hmm. God is essentially he's talking, and it's it's almost as if at the beginning of Judges he's speaking as though he was speaking before they even entered the land, in a in a prophet, you know, kind of how the Bible does that backwards and then prophetic and then it jumps back to where it actually is chronologically Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's like god is saying i know that you guys are going to fail to carry out what i told you to do you're not going to drive out all the inhabitants of the land Mm -hmm. and so here's what i'm going to do he then says i'm not going to drive them out from before you but that's why i kind of think it's kind of doing this back and forth thing because he did say to go in and take possession of the land and to drive out its inhabitants. But then in Judges, he's just saying, I'm not going to be with you to do this. And he goes so far as to say, I will do this to test the generations. And so he's literally using the the failure, quote unquote, of the previous generations to test the next generations. And it's almost like that same cycle that we see playing out in judges where they have something to fight for. They see the goodness of God. They have a good time for, you know, 40, 80 years, um, a couple of generations, and then they become complacent. And then they kind of just go through this cycle. And I guess really in the end, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was a great point about the generational thing. I, I wanted to r- run with that a little bit because I was about to say if, uh, if, our re- if our listeners have never uh, just sat down and read the book of Judges from chapter one to the end, it is so worth a read. It will give you such a different perspective of where we're like what's going on because it it's truly um, – I think it would be horrifying is one way because you realize how far they fell, like mm-hmm. how badly they fell. But then how much God just immersively just kept bringing them back and bringing them back and bringing a, a Messiah-like figure every time. And it was just truly amazing to see that. I do like that thing about the genera- uh, how that was to be left for the next generations. I would love mm-hmm. to – I'm going to have to search for that verse. I'm going mm-hmm. to find what you're referring to. That's what I really that's, – that's something interesting right there. I will... 
let me take it. Let me take a little different spin on this thing. Um, maybe okay, worth fighting for. And maybe there's a there's a, there's a key there that we as a whole, as those who follow the God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those of us who believe Yeshua to be the Messiah, um, maybe there's a key that Rob Shoal, the Apostle Paul, got a hold of when he over and over and over again in his writings told the people that there was something worth fighting for. Okay, let me read you a verse. Um, in um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm, I'm doing this King James here, so bear with me while I try to put it into something that makes sense. Uh, it's a joke. Um, not, <laughs> not really, but I said it. Okay. Uh, Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which Adonai, the righteous judge, will give me at that day, and not to me only, but into all them who love his appearing. There's, there is something out there. And, and uh, Daniel, your mom has been going through a number of books about, you know, uh, about things that are, you know, the scripture talks about of, of, of the heavenly realm and the new earth and the new heavens and renewed earth and all those, those things. Um, but there is something that we are fighting for that is out there. Uh, here, Paul says there's a crown of righteousness. And, and maybe if we got a hold of, of that, let, let's call it in, in a different term, there's a trophy at the end. Now, I heard that uh, yesterday, Sunday, that there was a, a, um, some kind of game that was played that millions of people watched. Um, mm. I didn't. And I don't watch this the halftime show because I, I really don't like demons. Um, and I, I don't really care anything about whatever her name is, um, the, the little blonde thing. Um, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. If somebody watched the game, I, I don't care. Okay. And, and don't judge me for not caring. And I, I won't judge you if, if you do care, cause I, I don't care, but you look at how those people got up there and were willing to, to injure themselves for life for a piece of glass trophy at the end. And then you think of the millions of people that gave $8,000 a seat and didn't even get to hold the trophy. Uh, plus they, you know, they, they paid their $20 for a non-kosher hot dog and didn't even get to hold the trophy. Okay, but they were, they felt that like they were a part of something though. Those people on the field wouldn't have given them the time of day. Let's face it. If you're a, you know, uh, I'm a big fan is, is, you know, you, you call the team. We, <laughs> they don't care about you at all. But but you throw eight thousand dollars. Somebody will throw eight thousand dollars at a seat, and then post something online about why you shouldn't give to to to, to why you shouldn't tithe or give 
I mean, Daniel, you hit it. Um, people don't think right. When we start thinking eternally, then we mm. begin to think properly. Your thoughts? Well, I was going to say, Mike, I think more than the glass trophy is this idea of earthly immortality. Mm. You know, I'm so good in my field that one day my name will exist in a hall of fame mm-hmm. so that future generations will know who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or I purchased a ticket. I was there when you know, I, I saw in my own eyes so-and-so throw that pass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's it's a counterfeit. That's that's what mm-hmm. it is. It's a counterfeit. Exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, Dad, you were saying earlier that we have a kind of ingrained in our psyche, in our spirit, um, the desire to fight for something. And that is especially true in men. Um, Just as you look at who men are and what they do in scripture and um, just the, the biology of it as well. But the same is true. Um, I, I've always found it very interesting that, or I remember hearing it put it put one way, that men have this insane desire to fight for something, to devote themselves to something, um, to just be willing to run into the flames for it. And the enemy knows that. And so he uses things like sports, um, things like movies and tv shows and just all this stuff to capture that that part of a man to make him throw his allegiance and his loyalty and his energy to the wrong thing because if the men in the stadium there were to take the amount of energy and devotion and planning and the people with all the 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 parties all over the the united states like the, the amount of planning and uh, just to make that party, if if the men would take that same energy and devote it to something eternal, yeah. the world would be changed overnight. It's and and I know this is true of women as well, as far as like devoting yourself to something. But this particular thing I'm talking is specifically true of men. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or at least used to be. <laughs> at least used That's to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yes, it's that comfort thing. That's something that we uh, I was talking with the guys a little bit about that idea of we've actually been talking to in our own home group, the idea of it's we really need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because we have this innate desire to want to find comfort and wanting to be comfortable. But it's very clear in Scripture. There's a point that that's actually what that there's an innate human thing about us fighting for fighting an enemy. There's something that's built inside of us that we want to fight for something. And I would probably suppose that that's, that's probably a reason why we fight over some of the dumbest things. I'll say it, some of the dumbest things. And uh, and social media just helps us fight over the dumbest things even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, just, it really helps us excel at that versus uh, being off off screen and looking towards our communities and figuring out how to make something work better. It's just looking out. Um, and yeah, like I, I love the idea of making it's the counterfeit because you're right. If a lot of these distractions were to just go away, you do wonder, I think a lot of things would be changed overnight. 
would because there'd be a common goal towards something what what that would be whether it be war right whatever that would be but it would be something yeah. something would change overnight because people then would be driven to do something yeah. and so do you so are we to be wait for it to come to us to then engage or do we try to proactively get in the fight versus waiting till we have to be drafted to fight ryan you want you want to cover you want to run with that i'll i'll give it my best <laughs> um <laughs> we've gone from uh empire builders to empire destroyers mm. in just a few generations mm -hmm. uh, through that very complacency. Um, mm. It's funny because it, you know, part of our mandate is to seek first the kingdom of mm. God and all these other things will be added. You know, I think, uh, I think seeking that kingdom takes a lot of forms. Hmm. Uh, and one of them is not being mm. complacent, you know? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, were you done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the seeking, it's not a passive thing. You think of seeking mm -hmm. and you think of movement and observation and, um, you know, I'm just kind of picturing a person um, trekking through foreign lands and they're mapping it out and they're, they're uh, establishing places here as they seek things. Um, and that seeking the kingdom of God is, is active in multiple ways. It, it's we're supposed to be establishing the kingdom. We're supposed to be taking dominion over, over places and to spread the word to spread who Yeshua is and the, the kingdom that he has come to establish. That's the very message that he shared was the first message. The, the main message he shared was the kingdom repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, that was the main message. And, and so that is like the thing to, to be active toward. And as you are active toward that, you're occupied, you're, you're doing something you're taking ground and there are like moments of, of respite of, of rest within, within that, but mm -hmm. to, to be active in that and to be seeking that is probably the best goal. And I, I don't think it takes, it doesn't take as much. Um, anyone can do it. Let me put it that way. Anybody can seek first the kingdom of God and establish the kingdom within their lives and within their their circle of influence. They can establish the kingdom there. And as they do that, it is a, it is being in the fight, and it's also preparing for the fight to come, to kind of go back to what David was saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is it possible we can take that, uh, that very chauvinist statement that Daniel was talking about of, of, of men have this thing of fight and and I know that women do too I mean you know just just I, I mean it is it is inbred in women but it's it's, it's something different and um, you know that's the thing of, of men and women need to understand the differences that they have in their um, in their their calling 
their their calling of that fight. Um, so is it possible for uh, let's let's talk about guys? Is it possible for a guy to spend so much time um, fighting on a video game that he doesn't have enough fight afterwards to fight for what is truly eternal, and that is his family? And so his his energy, the mm-hmm. amount of energy he's been given to fight, he gave it to something that was fake and therefore didn't have enough left to give to what was really important. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more personal for some men is uh, there is a an epidemic right now going on the in at least the united states i think it's in uh various other countries also of uh men who are no longer showing intimacy to their wives why because they're addicted to pornography so they're taking the very nature that what god gave them to do something um to to be someone to to speak into and even develop and, and 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 make generations to come. And they're putting that energy into something that's artificial, something that's fake, and therefore mm-hmm. don't have anything left over to give to what is righteous. Yep. Sadly, we're part. And of I would it. say, go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Sadly, we're part of a generation who has been <laughs> robbed of the uh, the lasting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, have has given up the, the lasting things for uh, immediate fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The the enemy has really had his heyday in taking full advantage of the amount of dopamine kicks that you can get from anything and and everything. Mm. And it just, you know, I've heard people talk about like you're sitting there on social media and you're scrolling through those shorts, those little videos, and all of a sudden four hours has gone by. And I literally heard someone say this to me, like, you know, they're not, this person was not a, an addictive person this person was not someone you would peg as someone who could actually do that but just the the virtual it's a you enter a time warp with some of this stuff and you just have no concept of time and all of a sudden you've wasted so much when you didn't even mean to and um what i was i think starting to say was that it's amazing how subtle these things are. You can really waste all that time on YouTube with those little short videos and not know that you're wasting all that time. It's it's really, really subtle. You just kind of think you're popping on there for a few minutes and and then you check you go check your screen time and it's like that's not possible. There's no possible way. <laughs> but um you know it, it's very subtle and I I, uh, I've been in certain circles, I've been pretty avid against video games and 
that's because I, I was addicted to them when I was um, kind of a mid, uh, pretty much all of my teen years. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I have skin in the game when I talk about that. And it's very, it's very fun, quote unquote, to see when I mention that in certain group settings, who is the first to speak out and, and contradict me because they are the one that proves my point the most. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very subtle thing and you're not going to find me saying that games in and of themselves are wrong. Right. However, it is a very subtle thing. And I think that many young men find themselves in a place where they are controlled by a controller. And Ooh. I, why do they call it a controller? <laughs> That's a conspiracy. And it's a conspiracy. Um, I made the decision when I was going to move out here to North Carolina. I just, I sold everything I had, all, all the video games that I had, um, because I, I didn't want that to be a part of my life as I was pursuing the woman that I would hope was going to be my wife. And I didn't play anything for quite a bit. And then later, after we had our first child, I was like, oh, I think I'll, you know, maybe try to try to play one here and there. And it was amazing how... You know, I was only playing like, you know, an hour in a weekend while he was, while, uh, while Ruben was napping. But I started noticing again, just that, that little bit of an insatiability creeping up and trying to steal me away from what was important in my life. And that is the point is that I don't believe you can tell me that and I'm, I'm picking up video games right now, but there's other things you can use as well. Yeah. I don't think you convince me that a video game is going to be worthwhile to you eternally in the way that devoting yourself to a skill will be for your family, in the way that um, devoting yourself to God will be for you and your family and the world because you're actually pursuing what his purpose is for you. Um, and I just, I caution people to, uh, and especially young men, because the enemy is after you and trying to get you addicted to things. And if you are in that place, then contact me at onpurposeatmail.com because, you know, I was definitely there and I'd be happy to um, just explain myself more and how, how, how dangerous those things are and how they can just yeah. really rob you of your purpose. Right. Not to get distracted with just like sometimes it's the harping on of just one thing. It's like what you brought video games. Okay. There's so many other things that are also energy. I would maybe call them energy robbers, uh, time robbers, because a lot of times those can two can both be the exact same thing. Uh, realizing that time you'd ever get back energy. We have a certain allotment. I can I think you can make the argument. There's a certain allotment per day of energy you have, what, what depending on what you eat, what you drink. All that stuff goes into your energy allotment for that day. I think God was a genius for how he created us to do what he does. And uh, it's amazing if we go, we look at that point Ryan made a while back, the idea of empire builders versus what we are today of empire destroyers. And if we look at it, we can absolutely see that entertainment has done probably, if not the most damage to, to allow for that to happen we've seen the most drastic increase from how entertainment was then to now mm -hmm. there was of course there's entertainment but it's nothing like now 
nothing like how easy distractions are. There's nothing like it being accessible in your hand versus having to drive around somewhere, right? That, that, that wasn't even that wasn't even considered back not that long ago. That's what's crazy. Not that long ago. And <laughs> we now see this. So this is a part this is a part of I think the battle for the generations that are here. This is a part of the battle. And then I think that if we're like, well, what's the, what's the enemy? Uh, the enemy is what's stealing away. I think you could look at that first. What's stealing your time away? Take a take a time management, and then a lot of times we don't want to be accountable to that. So, okay, where's your time management at? Where is that? If you could allot how much time or the terrifying thing, why don't you go on your phone? It says the amount of screen time average per day. That's pretty terrifying. Mm. Of time that's been spent on a screen that mm. isn't doing something else, whatever that might be. Because again, family's super important, right? I think Mike has been the one of the loudest people I've heard when it comes to that. What's your first mission? Uh, right. Everyone says their stuff and you're like, eh. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's your family, <laughs> your family. Yeah. It's like, stop thinking all that stuff. It's your family. That's first and foremost. So I think that if the more, instead of us getting so distracted with the debates on all these other things, Let's focus on, okay, let's recognize the enemy. What What is the enemy? And because in certain areas, it's going to be more than others uh, where that comes to. And maybe just taking control of your life, maybe you found yourself, those listening, like you found yourself, you're actually lost in the, the um, uh, what, would you, what would you say, the clutches of uh, being torn away to this, to this, to that. Again, reach out to us. Yeah. Love to help out. And if we need to explain more or if we can help explain to see a different perspective, because mm-hmm. again, we need a perspective change in especially men, but also in women as well. We need to get a perspective change on where we're at because we like to look at, well, well, it's a time of peace. Everything's fine. No, you're actually actively in a war zone at this yeah. point. It's to just take you away from everything else so that you just sit there buying Helping ad companies make more money by you giving more and more attention to them to buy, buy, buy more and more and more and more. Using the resources that you're going to a job to make more money so you go buy. It's you're part of the vicious rat race cycle. Yeah. yeah. It, we got to get out of it. You, know, you, you mentioned, let me put this in real quick. You mentioned uh, there's never been a time that's been more about entertainment. Let me read you a uh, quote from, who is this? Juvenile? I have no idea who that is. Um, probably Alex or, or of course, our mutual friend that put this online. Uh, Jared would be able to tell me. But uh, this is about the time of Rome, I, I would imagine, from the picture. And it says, give them bread and circuses, and they will never revolt. I was and just is, about to quote that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. I got oh. it in front of which is funny because I saw an advertisement and it was stream the uh, Super Bowl live brought to you by TurboTax. There you go. And there you I, go. Yeah. I thought <laughs> the founding fathers would be rolling in their graves. Oh, yeah. Well, this one, the picture the meme on this is a picture of uh, half of it is the one of the, uh, the Greek stadiums and the other the half Coliseum. is the Super Bowl. And it, it looks exactly the same. Uh, I mean, is is exact. So give them bread and circuses, and they will never revolt. Uh, wow! And, and Daniel, I, I I wish you'd have told me about the shorts, um, the uh, the the YouTube shorts. Okay, I'm used to something else kind of shorts, but um, you know, I mean, that's just where I grew up. Um, so <laughs> I I didn't. Okay, I I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, and so the other day, uh, it came back. 
That's perfect timing. No, the timing of that. I tried to get it. I thought I had the setting to where it went away, but it doesn't. See, it just does things. That Um, that got me. Yeah, crazy. Um, um, So, I I wish you'd have said something to me me about their shorts because I I, I'm scrolling through a little bit the other day, and I hit this one subject that I wanted to hear about, and and about the fourth time, I'm like. I've heard this before. What is this? <laughs> and then I looked at it and it went shorts. And it's like, huh, I listened to the same thing four times. And I never got in it, you know, and the thing about the shorts is it never tells you anything. It, it, it's kind of like wearing shorts. It just doesn't cover as much as it needs to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Good. Get me out of that ride. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Sam oh, Elliott yeah. say the only thing shorts reveal is that you're not a man. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I don't know if that necessarily got oh, you out man. of it. Oh, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think there's any any saving there. No. Oh, no. oh man. Okay. Um, well, I was gonna say some I, I was gonna say something. <laughs> And I'm gonna talk until I remember what it was. <laughs> oh man, um, it was it was kind of in the same vein as the bread and circuses. Um, I, but no, it's it's not coming to me. I I know that from based on like what you're talking. Cause like right, you're right. This is not a new thing that we're dealing with. This is something that has been established. We saw this before, and it did lead to the destruction of Rome. If you think about it, it did oh, eventually lead to this destruction. Um, we currently are going through a lot of turmoil and whether it be political uh, between the sexes, between the, between the races in this country, there's a lot of turbulent things going on. Mm-hmm. And I think if we could, I don't think it's far fetched to say that those who are, that have power understand that and they are trying to keep things the way they are for, for only so much time. And they're they are trying to control outcomes that are they're trying to play God like they like anyone who has lots of power wants to have the power yeah. that God has. And they they're insatiable in trying to reach that power level. Mm-hmm. So I think that we understand that the best the more we can do to detach from schemes that they don't have the grip like they do to quite a lot and how easy it is to be held by that. Yeah. The more we can do so much more. I think that maybe, um, and I know that there's a scripture to back this up. I just can't quite remember it. Um, but I think maybe what a lot of this comes down to is a misinterpretation of times of peace. Um, I know that it's it's very nice to as you as you get to the end of a project or something you're doing to kind of kick back and be like, oh man, you know, it's nice to have finished that project. And now I'm just going to enjoy it for a while. Um, and that is a, that's a good thing. And that's why God gave us Shabbat. Six yeah. days you labor and one day you rest. And what, what I think one of the purposes of Shabbat is, is to, to really truly enjoy the labors that you have done in those six days. But on this side of eternity, all we get is that one day. And it's never satisfying for very long to finish something. But I think once we get to eternity, that's when we can really sit back and appreciate and really bask in all of the labor up until that point. But 
for now, we labor and we six days and we rest one day and we labor six days and we rest one day. And it's, we have to view times of peace, not as times of laziness or complacency, mm. but as, as times of just less action. You, you work hard to produce peace, but if you don't continue to work hard to maintain peace, then you're going to be working hard to produce peace again. And maybe, maybe that's what I'm trying to say is that there's the, it's just a shift in your labor. There's just a shift in how you approach things. Mm -hmm. You're working hard to produce it and then you're working hard to maintain it. And the, the, the desire is that you don't have to work as hard to maintain it, but if you stop maintaining it, then you're going to be starting from scratch. That's true. It's true. Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you. Uh, yes. Do you, do you think that Rome would have fell earlier if it had been uh, bread circuses and cell phones? Oh, indeed. Because then you could just live stream the Colosseum. Brought to you by TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> There's something yeah. to be said. Oh, about... man. Have you? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, have you guys heard of that experiment that was done? Um, on the mice colonies. Oh yeah, I want to yes. go. I want to uh, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm actually doing working on doing a message on that, but maybe we could do that on okay. the program next week. Yes, right. Yeah, I, yeah. it's a fascinating no. study. I'm aware, well aware of that one. Yeah. Daniel, you you hit on a point that I thought would be summed up by a quote from Sun Tzu from the Art of War. Uh, mm. In times of peace, prepare for war. Mm -hmm. mm. That wasn't by a Christian yeah. scholar, Ryan. We should never look to oh, any I, other yeah. sources other than Christian or Jewish scholars, okay? <laughs> we is, should never true. look at yeah. any of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I need Sorry. to give Alex back that uh, book on the um, – on. I can't even remember who those people are. The the um, the Stoics, yeah. Alex, Alex oh, yeah. gave me a book ah. on that. Yeah, I still have the book. I haven't opened it yet. Um, yeah. Hey, Daniel, I, I don't know if you remember. Uh, this was back uh, a long time ago. Um you know, back when, when I owned a teenager and I found out I could get a lot more done in those days. And then you got, then you grew up and got married. Um, and I've really never forgiven you for that. Uh, <laughs> not, not the getting married part, but for growing up and no longer being, you know, the person I could say, Daniel, go do this to. Um, I, I think owning a teenager is wonderful. It really is. It's, it's one of the most incredible things of parenthood. Um, okay. But uh, you know we had this we had this property in in uh, in Arizona and we did a lot to it, and uh, you remember me saying, "Okay, I'm done, I've got it all finished. This is just what I wanted." And what happened about a week later? A tornado went over the top of it, and we had to start over again. Remember that? Oh yeah. Okay. You said you said Arizona, so I was I was oh, I'm um, sorry, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. confused for a second, but yeah. No, I, I do remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So and when you come to the end of a project, find something before God tells you, before God says, no, I'm going to find something for <laughs> So closing thoughts, guys. <laughs> Let's run around it real quick. Um, so mm. what the big thing we've been talking about is let's uh, let's think about where your time's at, figure where that's at. It's uh, This is definitely an exercise to look into. 
Um, if you have anything that you question, some of the things we've brought up, I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. We can, we, it's about ironing, sharpening iron. We're not yeah. trying to, we're not, we're not sitting up here on a pedestal saying, well, we got this all figured out. You guys should come join us. No, we're right now. We're in the midst of our sessions. We're trying to figure out how to be better stewards of our time and our resources and our energy. So mm -hmm. we're at the same place that you guys are at. And we just, we just hope that you can get there sooner than us, because that's the only thing we're trying to say is that we have a common enemy. Let's rally and try to defeat this enemy. There you go. Help each yes. other fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not, we're not here to talk at you. We're here to talk with you. Yes. Uh, so to echo mm -hmm. what Dave said, you know, join the conversation. Uh, and I love it. Uh, those of you who listen that uh, know me personally, and I get to see sometimes on a weekly basis, I love it when you guys come up and ask about different topics or want to like further delve into something i think that's wonderful mm -hmm. uh so we're yes. just thankful for all of you the the listeners that come back every week to listen to four guys yakking mm. mm -hmm. yeah i guess my final thoughts would be uh find out what you're fighting for and make sure it's worth fighting for there you go that's pretty good well hey maybe uh next week unless we get something else that comes up we'll talk about the uh the mice and um i'll give you guys an assignment between now and then Bring me a verse or verses that back up the mice theory. Okay. Uh, I got you. Okay. And I know what you, I, yeah. Okay. I would love okay. it if other people Good. listening would know what you're talking about. There you go. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Go in. You can go online. If not, you, we will just, uh, we'll, we'll yak about it next week and other yes. things because who knows that through our yakking, and all the other things that we do in the midst of it, including being extremely hilarious and very entertaining, you might find that the Father has a plan for you, a plan for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. <laughs> see you guys next week. Sounds good. We'll see you. See you guys. See you. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always. Yeah.